Welcome in, everybody, to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Uh, I can't lie to everybody. I wasn't sure if the Roar was going to return this time. Like, there's been many times where, you know, we've had these gaps in recording and, you know, it ha- wasn't really that long of a, of a break. We, we've only been gone a week, but but with the new season, we've been trying to record twice a week. And uh, just like this new NBA season that we're having, COVID just had to uh, rear its ugly head in and 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 make its presence known. And, and uh, you know, me and Frank have been dealing with, with the health and safety protocols of the uh, Return of the Roar podcast, not of the NBA. We have we have different um, protocols. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's been suck. a long week. But um, we missed a Chemezi Metu game winner, which I know everybody was was waiting to hear my, my thoughts on. Um, with we, bated we breath also, waiting. Yeah. Um, but that's really been the only thing that we have missed uh, since we've last recorded. Everything else has just kind of been status quo um, pretty much for the Sacramento Kings. Back to their losing ways. Um, they did manage to sneak one out against Miami, which, you know, is, is actually a pretty good win considering Miami was at relatively uh, full strength. Um, but Jimmy Butler just just so happened to miss a, a wide open layup, which uh, I would say probably that's only the one out of 10 time that he's going to miss that shot. So I'm glad that we're living in this universe. Um Frank, how are you doing? I know, uh, I know you don't personally have have COVID, or you're not dealing with health and safety protocols. Um, but, At least, well, not you knowingly. kind of aren't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not knowingly. I mean, I, I've tested negative over the past week, four or five days, week. Um, but obviously, my girlfriend. Not obviously, but I'm I'm not in my. <laughs> you can't. No one can see me if you're listening. I'm not in my usual space. I am currently in the guest room um, because my girlfriend is positive, and we are treating her. My roommates are treating her as if she is literally the plague, which she is technically um, putting meals outside of her door, throwing water bottles down the hall. Uh, we, we're we're it's, it's tough living in a house where not everybody's on the same page. And it kind of brings like a new dynamic to COVID that I had not experienced yet, because I think you said it last week, Chris, or when you when you told me that you were going through your protocols. Yeah. Um, it the first time the first big wave through COVID when it started, you didn't really know anyone person like not people out there did of course and the people that were affected the first time but in our little bubble of people that we know in our circle and, and people that are close to us we didn't know anybody that was affected by it that had tested positive, um, it it just seemed almost as if like it's it's it feels guilty to say that you feel you felt kind of untouchable for these last two years because you tested negative or you didn't feel like you were you were sick at all. Like I went a year and a half without being sick. I got a cold, thought I was dying. Um, and it, it's, it's tough for a lot of reasons. It's been, it's been tough on, I don't know how you've been taking it, but it's been tough on my girlfriend her mental, her mental health um, more so than her being sick, but it's a, it brings a whole new dynamic. So anyone out there that's going through it or has been affected by it, uh, this, this certain specific surge of, of COVID that's going around with the Omicron variant. Um, my thoughts go out to you. You know, and I know the, yeah. the Kings are not really the best coping mechanism for going through COVID. Um, last night at the game, I actually felt just completely worse watching the gag. I told you last night I was mm-hmm. miserable. Uh, and yeah, being a Kings fan is t- is tough. Being a Kings fan in a COVID world is tough for a, a lot of reasons. But mm-hmm. you, when you go to a Kings game and you want the escape, 
you want to be entertained by these guys. Uh, like you said, it's business as usual for this team. It's, it's. Uh, I'm looking at their, their three ga- three losses in a row, two wins, and they lo- they've lost three or four again. They're a Chimezi Mechi buzzer beater away from actually losing four or five. So, um, well, and they're yeah. If Jimmy Butler makes that that lay in or whatever that that little push shot that he took, and that game goes into overtime, we'll assume the Kings lost. There's your five game losing streak right there. Yeah, it's you know, um, it's a make or miss league sure, for sure. <laughs> Chimezi made yeah. his, Jimmy didn't, but yeah, it's uh, a give it, you know. giveth and taketh, right? I mean, the NBA gods giveth. They gave us the Chemezi buzzer beer, which, granted, was a great, great moment. And we're going to talk about De'Aaron Fox a lot, but the the pass that set up that shot was what, in my mind, made that possession. Um, I think a year or two years ago, I don't know if De'Aaron really makes that that pass. I think he kind of does his a move I've been seeing a lot lately is his little step back 10, 12 footer, which is really he's been it's been really really good lately. Last night he had a, a couple of those in in. Um, the closing stretch of the game last night, but Chemezi shot great. Love the moment. Um, the Miami game. It's just looking at these Kings wins after taking some of this time off, the losses and the wins kind of melt mesh together. Um, big plays late and they, they scrape out wins or they completely just melt down and, and embarrass themselves. And we, we have seen that happen down the stretch, of the Laker game. Granted LeBron is, arguably the greatest player of all time and he went on a run but um the hawks game just you lose to a team that's missing unbelievably their their team i mean trey young was literally i mean he's coming off a 56 point game uh i think he's averaging like 32 points in his last 10 games there's 30 points missing from this lineup Uh, i don't think john collins didn't play either bogey obviously has been out um and to just get beat by by Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter, who who had I think twenty eight five and ten, like I I just it was I mean it's it's really par for the course. It's it's nothing new. Um, it's it's the same Kings thing we've seen all year. Is that it doesn't matter if the other team has their best player, if the other team doesn't have the, it's it's not even playing to the level of competition anymore. It's just the Kings aren't a good team and uh, you can just hope that on a given night that they're, they're really making their shots. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing I've seen is especially, I mean, it's not even mattering now in the past, I think earlier in the season when they were making their shots, they were an actual really good basketball team. But now we're seeing, you know, Buddy Heald is finally hitting his threes. I think you you pointed out the other day that um, this was the the first time in his career that he's had seven uh, seven or more threes in back to back games. He's finally hitting his shot, and now I think De'Aaron's the only one who's who's really uh, putting on a scoring effort. Tyrese last night, um, obviously, him and De'Aaron both put up twenty as well. Still wasn't enough. Um, I think my biggest problem with how this team has played throughout the past month is just there's no continuity from game to game. I mean, they'll, they'll pick up the win against Miami, come out the next night and look like a completely different team. Um, even, you know, even the difference between the Laker game and the Hawks game. I mean, the, the Kings played really well against the Lakers for about three and a half quarters. Really, really we're, we're keeping it close and, and putting up a good effort and then just kind of let it go late. Um, which is a whole different set of problems that they 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 just don't have people who can close out games like that. Well, De'Aaron can in theory, but um, you know it's 
it's tough. Um, and I don't think De'Aaron's at that level yet. And then, yeah, to go into the Hawks game, like we said, with with just the Hawks are decimated. They should be a terrible defensive team. Um, and then the Kings score 102 points. I, I It's just – it doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know where – they they start to to get some consistency. I think, like I've said many times, I just don't think the team has an identity. They don't know what Kings what a good Kings team looks like. Um, and when I say that, I mean this current group of guys. They don't they don't know what their their optimal play is. And um, I, I I guess it's on Alvin Gentry to figure it out. But I think. You know, we've said it many times. Every single person on this roster has played at some, some combination of everyone has played, and it just seems like nothing's working. Well, it it comes down to people can focus on the De'Aaron Fox storyline and Tyrese Halliburton storyline, and that's going to be something we talk about a little bit later on. But um, the the storyline that should not be ignored, and I don't think is being ignored, ignored granted, uh, is the defense. The defense is just com- completely. It's just horrible. It's just horrible, 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 horrible. And last night was a perfect example yeah. as De'Aaron Fox was was playing out of his mind. 30 points once again. Um, he he He's hitting big shots back and forth. And all the Kings are going to do is just gonna stop. Just pick up a stop. Just get one stop. Mm. Just stop the Atlanta offense. And they were unable to do that. Kevin Herter, hey, great player. Big fan of Kevin Herter. Uh, him being able to waltz right into the paint like that, and granted, it was a tough shot to to all but put the game away. It was a very tough shot, <laughs> but you, you got to cut him off. You, you got to cut him off. You can't let him get to the rim uh, or get him get within two feet of the basket. So um, these these late game situations where I would say two games in a row we've seen it happen. Granted, Kevin Herter and LeBron James are not the same caliber of player, mm-hmm. at least not yet. Hey, old Kevin. Uh, but it's, it's just the defensive breakdowns late. Um, obviously we know the Kings, like they love to play only three quarters a night. Uh, last night it was just kind of collectively, it was a game that was a little different. I think it was bad across the board. They didn't really have a bad quarter except, well, the first quarter I'm looking at right now Mm -hmm. and remembering back, it did get away from them. Um, it got away from them pretty quick, but the, the, the defense is just something that, they still rank in the bottom of the league. I think they're 28th in opponent points per game. They're 26th in defensive rating. Uh, they're they're still in the bottom bottom. Just I just don't really know how that improves without making moves, mm-hmm. and that's gonna kind of transition us in a moment. After I want your thoughts, but into the move aspects uh, because this roster once again for the mm-hmm. second podcast or third podcast in a row, I will say is the roster just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, and like you said, we'll, we'll get into the, the fixes for it. But I think to me, the biggest thing when looking at the numbers that I noticed was, yes, like the Kings, the Kings are tw- are 26th in defensive rating, which is an improvement actually on last year and something that uh, the Kings, I think, if you told them last year actually would have been um, excited for if you not even excited, but they would have taken the progress of being the historically worst defensive team to now at least being 26th in defensive rating. Um, but the biggest difference is 
the offense is terrible this year. Last year, the offense was a top 10 offense in the league. Um, Rashawn Holmes obviously was humming at a huge, you know, at a maximum efficiency. Uh, De'Aaron was playing the best ball of his career. Harrison for a for the first half of the season was playing the best ball of his career. And they were kind of slowly integrating Tyrese. And the offense was humming. Like I said, it was a top 10 offense. But the struggle was they had that historically bad defense. This season, they're by no means an, an even good defense, decent defense. They're they're still terrible. They're just not the worst. But now they're 20th in offensive rating, which is just, you know, that you're just going to be a bad team at that point. Like you have nothing that you're falling back on. You're not using, I hate using this term, but using your offense as a defense almost. Um and they're they're just they're not a they're like a, they're just not a good basketball team. This is not you know I'm not breaking news here, but they they just aren't good at anything. No, um, and that's gonna that's gonna lead you to to losses. A lot of them, honestly, it's kind of surprising that they have. I don't even want to say as good, but that they have as many wins as they do, um, because frankly, with I think if if you take it's it's the only reason they have as many wins as they do is because of the talent that they just the raw talent that they have on their roster, which we will also, you know, definitely get into. But, um, you know, we've seen teams worse than this play to this level. We've kind of also seen teams worse than this play a little bit better than this. So I think um, there's still a little bit of meat on the bone for the team to, to, for this group of guys to play better. But I just think that there has to be a better situation around them all in order for that to happen. And clearly, you know, that it's, you know, that head coach isn't coming through the door anytime soon, or, you know, it doesn't appear that that Marty McNair is going to work in between the margins to try and see if they can get some new glue guys that can fix this core. Um, It seems like the answer is going to be, uprooting the entire thing and and i don't know if that's going to be De'Aaron fox i don't know if it's going to be harrison barnes um but it definitely seems like the kings are are going to try and make uh, a significant move that really does shake up the roster yeah and sam amick uh, just this morning on the carmichael dave show with with our pal jason ross he, he told he told them the kings are going to be knocking on on all the doors of the, of the big the big rumors, the big moves, the Kings are going to be involved and they're going to make their bid, say their piece. Um, and it just, he, he mentioned that buddy is someone that could have value out there and Harrison Barnes could have some value, but the, the big guys that teams are going to want Steer and Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. And to bring up Carmichael Dave, once again, he made some news this week with, with his statement. CD. Had a baby. Uh, that was really fun to see yeah. people just. <laughs> I think that was our first ratioed tweet. Uh, we've had in some a long time. Yeah, I'll say it in a long time. <laughs> we've had some ratioed tweets before that are uh, not not the best thing to have out there and get ratioed. But uh, I believe the quote was that every day the Kings do not trade De'Aaron Fox. It's an indictment on mm-hmm. the franchise. Is that what is that the correct quote? Uh I can't say if that's a direct quote, but yeah, pretty much it's it's an indictment on the uh, on the NF- on Darren Fox's value okay. and on um and on the front office. I so essentially, say yeah, no, he's he was pretty much. I think that's where people really um got upset with him was 
was the fact that he was like, this pretty much says like De'Aaron's value isn't what we think it is. Well, it just it brought up a, an interesting question. And another friend of ours, Brendan Nunez of Kings Pulse, uh, put out a, a tweet saying, who who are the best players that the Kings have surrounded De'Aaron Fox with? Because they've surrounded when the Kings and DeMarcus Cousins, they they tried their best to surround not their best. OK, let me back up. They did not try their best. They tried keyword tried to surround him with decent NBA players. They brought in, obviously they brought in Rudy Gay. They brought in Rajon Rondo. They got some decent role players in, in Marco Bellinelli, who was respected at the time. Kosa Kufas, who was, was a very good center in, in Memphis. They brought in these pieces that are veteran presences. As far as the Kings go, is that Corey Joseph for like the bench piece? Is that um, Alex Len? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm looking at the roster right now. They they traded for Tristan Thompson. Um, they brought in Amon Shumpert. They, it's just I don't know what kind of veterans or what kind of NBA talents have they brought in. Harrison Barnes are obviously is the best acquisition the Kings have made since what the Golden One Center era. Like not counting Boogie, is that the biggest trade the Kings have made? Is the Harrison Barnes deal? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, That's it. I think I, I'm going to kind of also push back on on what Brendan said about them bringing in talent when when demarcus was around because really like he didn't he, he didn't say he was asking he was asking the question i don't want to make it people gotcha. attack brendan well i that just was, like, you know, like to slam on brendan let me slam on brendan real quick no he <laughs> he he asked the question though and i think it the answers were those are the answers mm. of what, like what the best players that were surrounded that surrounded demarcus cousins i don't know if De'Aaron fox has gotten he hasn't gotten a like a rudy gay or a Rajon Rondo type. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton and, and Harrison Barnes, you can make an argument. Yeah. But I mean, not the I, same I, would, caliber. I would say Harrison Barnes and Rudy Gay are, um, I would terrible. say Rudy was probably a little bit better, but they were in very much the same situations um, previously to coming to the Kings and kind of uh, were led to the same results of like, okay, this guy's our best player, but we, this is not even close to working out for us. Um, and, you know, I, I, I hear the point. I think um, this team is a lot more talented than any of the teams DeMarcus ever had around him. Um, you know, I, I, I it, uh, clearly it's not it's not enough talent. And I think, um, you know, it'd be it'd be ignorant to say that this team has has really given a real effort to to try and make that playoff push with the players that they've gotten, because if you're really trying to make a push, you're going to try and sign some, some key, you know, like I remember coming into this off season, we were saying, Hey, why don't we try and go after like a DeMar DeRozan or, or someone, a, a veteran guy who's, who's kind of also going to be a, a significant role player, because if you're going to be a playoff team, you're going to need some key veterans that are actually impactful to the team. And um, right now it's kind of just Harrison Barnes, who's 29 and, and buddy who's also, I think 29, 29. but doesn't act like it. Um, I, I just think, you know, the, the team around them right now isn't, I, I, I hear Brendan's question. I, I, I do understand it now. Like, yeah, the, the, the team has not, made a real effort to, to try and build around De'Aaron and, and really um, cater to his skill sets. Like we always hear, you know, Ben Simmons would be 
best with just a bunch of that's a bad example because <laughs> Ben Simmons obviously is, is rumored to the Kings, but um, Ben Simmons, for example, is is would be optimized if he just had a bunch of shooters around him and, and would drive drive and kick as much as he possibly can. Um, I wouldn't say the Kings at all have tried to build this roster thinking of, hey, like what can make De'Aaron Fox be best? I think actually saying that the only time they really did try and make that effort was with Dave Yeager when they were really trying to p- push the pace. Um, the Amon Shumpert year, obviously, Willie Cauley-Stein was our center, I believe, at that point. Um, so, you know, that was more of a a pushing the pace kind of, of team and, and was really trying uh, to utilize De'Aaron's speed as an advantage and, and use it as a as a weapon. And I think, you know, for the most part, it it kind of worked. Um, obviously, we know the fallout since then, but um, I just I I yeah, I, I, I would say um, the Kings could do a better job definitely of trying to build around De'Aaron. But also, I think part of that equation is, yes, the Kings have given De'Aaron Fox the money of we believe in you as the franchise player, but do they actually believe that De'Aaron Fox is a player that is worth essentially building your entire roster around his success? Like, will does that necessarily equal, is that the formula to, to, uh, to making this team eventually win games? I don't necessarily think so. I think um, De'Aaron kind of seems to be suited to be that, you know, one A, one B. I'm sorry, or or two, you know, the the number two guy on on a team, and um, I feel like that that would be the most optimal way. But it's also seeming with the talent around him that that would be pretty difficult to obtain. Yeah, it's a tough position, and I, I get both sides of the the Kings should trade De'Aaron Fox argument. I get the side that he would bring in the most as far as a return goes, and I get the other side saying he's only twenty. Three, twenty-four. He's only twenty-four years old. He is a player that, like you said, I don't know if he'll ever be. They the the I hate to say Trey Young, but like a Trey Young, Jason Tatum, uh, Devin Booker. Yeah, like, like what I, what tier of player is De'Aaron Fox in right now? Like all those guys you mentioned are are way better. Like well, last year he even, was that player. Last year he was, but this year it's. I, I think I I hate to say it. I just. I don't know. I, I think that what we're seeing this season is more realistic to what we mm-hmm. can expect every night. And that's still a good basketball player. He's a very good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Darren Fox is a, he deserves, he deserves the praise that he gets. Uh, but then again, he also deserves some of, some of the criticisms as of late. Um, he, the, the shooting needs to improve. The shooting has to, it has to improve if he does want to reenter that conversation, because as we've seen, the the shooting this year just has not been it has not been existent and granted the last couple of games and even before he went to protocols he really has been playing well and just to kind of lump it into into a a sample size over the last let's go 12 games 22.3 points per game 50% from the field 80% from the free throw line that's great 22% from three point range though and mm. Being a point guard in the NBA today, we've been saying this since Darren was brought in. A point guard in the NBA in the 2020s, you have to shoot the basketball. You just have to. You have to be able to shoot the basketball unless you're Russell Westbrook and you well, that's airball, not working out too well. airball a 12-footer and then come down and, and just attack the rim. 
uh, on the next play. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, that was also interesting. First game in six years, he didn't have a turnover. Mm-hmm. Go Kings. Uh, yeah, go Kings. Go Kings. Um, but no, De'Aaron Fox, I get both sides of the argument. I do. I just, to me, I would like to see a little more of De'Aaron and Tyrese before a decision is made. But time is precious. Time is money. And if there is an offer on the table that Monty McNair likes involving either of those players, I I think he he will not hesitate to move either of them. And that's what, that's also something that Sam Amick said today was those names are not no one on the Kings side is saying don't even speak those names. Those names are being discussed now. Is it likely that one or both of them get traded? I'd say it's not likely, at least not this season. Just my hunch. Uh, I would more say I would say that the summer could be more possible, and we could see a lot of restructuring in 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 the NBA this summer. There always is a lot of restructuring in the NBA over the summer months, opposed to massive overhauls in February. I think the only time this this franchise has ever done that is the Demarcus trade. That was literally trading the entire franchise away. Um, I believe the only player they had that had quote unquote potential on the team at that point was Willie Cauley Stein. If I'm not mistaken, a player that was under contract that they still were going to plan on having the next season. Um, But everything's on the table. I understand that De'Aaron Fox has been playing well, but we're seeing kind of the same effects we saw during the DeMarcus Cousins era, whereas the numbers are there. The wins aren't the numbers have been there over that this stretch the wins have not been there and that doesn't mean it's all the Aaron Fox's fault it comes back to the roster construction it comes back to the depth it comes back to the top Monty McNair needs to pick up the phone as if as if he hasn't already but moves need to happen this, the, the roster just cannot stay the same and I don't want the team to make a move just because they feel like they need to but we've recorded four of these podcasts, Chris. <laughs> and at the game last night, we were, we, I was talking to someone, but we've wrote, we've written the same stories. We've we've asked the same questions to the players. They've given us the same answers. There's nothing more to be done. This team just doesn't work. Time to move on. I don't know what to tell you, Frank. I've been I've been saying this. I feel like for like you said, I feel like I've been saying this for a year now. Ever since last trade deadline, like. What is Monty McNair going to do? I mean, this team is from from head to toe is pretty much begging him, like, give us more talent. Give us something, something different um, and just absolutely nothing. I mean, we, we've seen the marginal deals of DeLon Wright for Tristan Thompson, but and, you know, bringing in Alex Lynn and all, all these things that we know Monty has done. Um, it It's just not it's not even close to enough. I mean, like even making small moves to, to acquire, you know, end of the bench guys. Like um, it was, it was interesting to see Emmanuel Moutier play for those, whatever, 20 minutes that he, I think he got in those two games, 20, <laughs> 20 minutes he got in those. Yeah. Like it, it's just, you know, you got to get some new blood in there and shake things up. Have these guys not think that, that what they're doing is going unnoticed in a, in a negative way, you know, like they need to feel like there's rep, you know, and I'm not saying no one's being held accountable for, for their play or anything, but um, just as an organization, you have to, you know, the, the whole point in firing Luke Walton was uh, this team is not going on the track that we had had thought that this team was going to. 
and nothing has you know from from i think uh alvin gentry is 10 and 13 uh as the as the king's head coach which is you know it's a little bit better better track than what luke walton had but it stylistically on a night-to-night basis you wouldn't be able to tell the difference you know for sure um you know i think people are getting i think the offense looks like it's it's working better now than it did in the past and um but really the 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 main guys nothing has changed we haven't seen um the growth of of Tyrese and De'Aaron as as a one two combo we haven't really seen them um figure out how to really play off each other yet um no, I'm Harrison saying that, right? Barnes last, last no. night was the first night they've ever yeah. scored 20 in the same game i, I think this but year even, at least that, yeah even then Tyrese didn't have one of his normal you know i think what did he end up with last night in terms assists. of points yeah he only had two assists last night 24 um, points that's 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 not the kind of game that that he's he's you know best suited for is 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 making other people great as well also Harrison Barnes like we saw we've seen pretty much since he's gotten here has kind of uh gone through a little lull here where he's not really making as much of an impact still you know is there and um there when you need him for sure but but by no means is making um this team better like he was earlier in the season I think obviously with what's happened with Rashawn Holmes the past couple weeks um, and that I think, um, you know, Rashawn, as we've seen, has been a very big piece of of the Kings playing well. Usually um, Rashawn is that the most consistent guy on a night to night basis, the guy that you can at least know like, oh, I'm going to get at least, you know, 10 and eight out of Rashawn tonight. I mean, that's guaranteed. And that just hasn't been there. And instead, we've gotten um, Chemezi Metu, who, you know, obviously has his shooting struggles and and um, just is, you know, that changes the dynamic of, of the team. Marvin Bagley's getting more minutes and really hasn't been able to to find consistency in his shot at all. Um, Damian Jones has played well, but also is kind of um, he gets what he's given. Um, and isn't really making anybody on the on the floor better offensively, especially and, and defensively. No one has made an impact really at all. I mean, we, we we were hoping that it would be the rookie Davion Mitchell who could come in, show these guys like this is what defensive intensity looks like. And I think we've seen it, you know, in spurts where, where we're just like Davion is locking this fool down or. Um, you know, he had a great play down the stretch in the fourth quarter in the Laker game where he stripped LeBron completely and LeBron looked dumbfounded. That was a huge play, but um, just nothing really of of like this guy. I mean, and it's it's got to be tough being a perimeter defender. You can't really, you know, protect the rim and, and actually save points, but it's just not really making a massive impact on the team in whole. Um so, yeah, I mean, this is, again, a long way of saying I just I don't think um, this current group of guys is, is going to cut it. And I think that can bring us to the conversation of what can these guys get us back if they're not giving us something on the court? Obviously, it needs to be looked at um, what these guys can get us in return on the trade on the trade market. Um, I don't know what Monty McNair has been doing. I don't know if he's just been watching basketball games and, and you know, making a few phone calls saying, hey, did you see Buddy tonight? Still no? Okay. All right. Um, like, I I can't I, – I just I, – I don't know. So, yeah, let me not go into that. But, no, it's, it's, it's um, jarring. It's jarring that nothing's happened 
as far as the roster goes at this point. It's 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 truly it's very it's incredible to me. The season's halfway over. To, tomorrow will be the forty first game of the season, mm-hmm. and the roster's still completely intact. So the Kings, I believe this isn't really relevant, but the Kings, I think, have played the most games of anybody in the NBA. Yeah, I would not be surprised because I had a tweet typed out yesterday and I erased it because I just thought it sounds stupid. But it it doesn't sound stupid when I say it out loud. It feels like they've played every day. And today wow. we're, we're talking about them and it's not really a day off from them either. And I just feel like I haven't had many days where, where I've gotten to wake up and just enjoy my day. Just, oh. And then they have, yeah, have, have the a night. Are first just, in games played. Yes, having a night watching succession which i'm getting into now thanks chris for yes, getting me in succession loving it uh and i just i'm i this team is just consuming <laughs> consuming me and, and you know that's what you sign up for when you cover it like I, I love to cover the team i've loved the Kings since i was a kid i've worked for them we all know that whole spiel but uh this team is just draining and it's just it's it's, it's incredible to me that no move has been made and it makes me just wonder either Monty McNair is going to be a genius and he's going to pull off a fantastic move and it'll be a classic good things come to those who wait um, story. Or he's going to roll right through the deadline and not do anything. I think that I can't imagine are, that's possible. I really can't. He did. He hasn't he hasn't made a significant move as a GM no. yet. It's just it's it's got to mm-hmm. happen. And you know and, what the most frustrating thing, sorry, about that is, is that. It doesn't like what makes what should make me think that once Monty McNair does this louvre of a trade, the most beautiful trade anyone has ever seen. And like you said, patience, patience is 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 the winner at the end of the day. Um, But okay, he makes that move. That's the job. Job ain't finished. (laughs) Like there are multi, you know, you can't just make. This team is not one fix away from being good or great. No. Um, there's there's a lot of things that need to happen in the margins, and I don't understand why we should be led to believe that. Okay, like once the seal is broken, he's just going to be making acquisition after acquisition after. Like it's scary because it's like, all right, if it's taking you this long to make one move, and let's just hope that this one move is a big move because. I can't imagine what people are going to say if, you know, in two weeks or something, it's like the Kings have finally made a trade. They've traded Alex Len and Tristan Thompson for Ken Birch. Like, I mean, that's obviously not franchise changing, you know? Yeah. Like he's now put himself in a position, Monty McNair, where the move that he makes is going to be like, ah, look at this. Like, this is the thing that I've been working on for this entire time. But like, I, you know, he's got to do more things after that. And the fact that he's taken this long to make this big old move, it just doesn't inspire confidence that, you know, the next move is going to be made when it needs to be made, which is also a key is like timing. Like, I have a question. Just let this team sink. Are the are the Sacramento Kings a better or worse team since Monty McNair took over? Um, they have more talent, but are, but are they better? Well, I mean, you know, wins and losses. I would say no, but what I'm saying is, I, you're. I guess like you're in a 
a marginally better situation than you were just in terms of asset acquisition. Like, but isn't the, isn't about, the way that but isn't the way that we're trying to rationalize it and think? Doesn't that answer the question enough that the team is just not better? The team is just, has not improved. I mean, for sure, as, it's, as a group, it's, it's, it's more of the same. But like, in in I'm more thinking in the sense of like, all right, when Monty first got, I don't think Willie was here when Monty first got here, but like that's I you know um you know they have Davion Mitchell like who was as valuable of a piece before Monty got here as Davion Mitchell who was as valuable of a piece as Tyrese Halliburton um you know that, and then besides that's that dra- it's that's good drafting that's, though it is just kind of I mean the Davion Mitchell pieces he could have I mean we see he could have taken people and that's always going to be the story yeah. but he could have taken people um, who went after Davion that would have been better. That's kind of just the nature of like, oh, and you like, had an early pick. It still has he, value. And but. he drafted Ty. He dra- Ty, yeah. I think, not. it wasn't a surprise. He he was supposed to go top 10 on a lot of people's mm-hmm. draft boards. And um, there's the whole the, the speculation, then the rumors, which I think have been pretty much confirmed <laughs> that Ty kind of pushed to come to Sacramento, which is also very interesting to me. Um, but I'm just looking at the – yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Vladi's last roster, and it was – Trevor, so like the team that that it's tough though because I'm completely ignoring the bogey piece of it. Where it's like I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure bogey tie, you know. I I think tie probably has more value, but it's probably just has to sure. do with age at this um, point for sure. And he's more athletic. Yeah, he's more athletic. Uh, I think he's a better shooter than bogey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think bogey his play style is just it's pretty unique. It's a little it's a little mm-hmm. slower. Um, mm-hmm. but no, my, my it kind point of is, comes down to like is Bielitsa a bigger piece than hey Davion Mitchell? Bielitsa was balling. Which, no, that's why I mean, like, I think Nemanja might be more. I mean, we'll see how how Davion's future impacts the team, but I would say you know Nemanja had a pretty big impact on how that team was able to function. I mean, his ability to stretch the floor was was massive for that team. Um, I, I'm not. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's it's definitely a good a good question. All this to say, the book is still open on Monty McNair, but it's been what two years almost. Uh, well, right it, now the problem is he, the book is open, but like the first twenty pages are just blank. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting into it. I'm just like, you know, this is kind of boring. I don't know if I like this book. I'm kind of just. I might yeah. maybe like I don't know, watch Netflix or something. I'm kind of not really feeling like reading today, and I don't yeah. feel like reading today. I don't feel like reading today. I'm I'm ready to move on, and I hope the book gets better. Uh, but it, it, I just I asked that question, and I ask you out there, it, what, what you think? Do you think that the Sacramento Kings are a better team since Monty McNair has taken over? And that just kind of leads us to to kind of end. I mean, there's not there's only so much we can get into just as far as this team goes. Um, I'm doing a battery check real quick. I just make sure how much time we have here. I have thirty percent. We have time. We're we're good on time. So cool. I'll ask you, Chris. As I look here at the Sacramento Kings roster, who has value? Like, who actually has value? Because we know De'Aaron Fox's value. We know Tyrese Halliburton's value. But who who on the roster? And I don't know if you have the, the roster out in front of you. I do. I, I, now, don't – I'd say let's, let's put it in, like, two tiers or three mm-hmm. tiers. One, definitely has value. Two – Maybe it eh, depends on the team need and three mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Okay. Um, let, let's start with who does have value. Who has okay. just undeniable, like we'll say 20 of the 30 NBA teams would love to have this play or would, would take this player with their current 
all, all encompassing financial situation, you know, age, everything, how they're playing, total thing. I know for a fact Harrison Barnes has value. I know that the Kings can shop Harrison Barnes around and realistically expect to get a low level starter in return, maybe like a younger, you know, the the money doesn't work out. But like if the Kings were to swap Barnes for Kuzma or something like that would make sense where it's like uh, Harrison Barnes is probably a more polished player than Kyle Kuzma, but you have the upside and, and, you know, just the, the one for one talent. But, um, you know, obviously if the Kings were to try and trade Harrison, I think it would probably, um, be as like a soup. He's the thing that I think Harrison is best for best suited for is what I would call a super sweetener where it's like he like if you get him in the trade, it's like it's like a mid first round pick probably, you know, where it's it's a lot mm-hmm. late lottery round pick. I don't you know, um, I think if you were to trade if you were to package Tyrese and Harrison for something, for example, I think that could get you something. That, that's a block. Ex- that, ex- exactly. Be, yeah. That's like that I would think be a, a blockbuster. A return of Tyrese Harrison. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to get crazy and throw a first in there, I think that could get you yeah. a superstar. That can get you whatever you want, I think. That Just, you I mean, what, what for what's available. I mean, um, wh- whoever's out there, I mean, that, that could get mm-hmm. you. That sh- that's definitely enough to get Ben Simmons. But at that point, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know what the Kings are at that point with Ben Simmons, exactly. De'Aaron Fox, no Harrison, no Tyrese, no first-round mm-hmm. pick. It's a lot to give up. But, but those two in, in particular could get you mm-hmm. a lot now. Harrison Barnes, I agree, has value. We know he has value. He has a year of control left. Uh, his salary will be less next year. I believe he'll be 18 million, million. 18 million um, expiring. I think we can put Harrison Barnes. Buddy Heald is a player that Sam Amick said he has value. Like Whether people want to, you know, he, I think he, he has value. Him. He factually it's, has value. It's just it's what it is. Because when I think of this question, I'm thinking as like, I, saying, I just said Harrison as a sweetener, but like, Buddy by himself, like, what does that, and you know, that's not going to be the circumstance, but like, can that get you, I don't, I don't even know what that get, like, what do people view, obviously Buddy is a shooter, but do people view him as like, oh, this is a guy that can really, you know, we're willing to give up something really. I mean, I, that's the question is if, if Buddy Heald by himself can actually get some form of return of that, like Buddy Heald as the face of the trade. What does that? Well, I mean, well, face of the trade for the Kings. Like, could he a, get something of better return from a money standpoint? Buddy is is making twenty three million dollars this year, which is a big pill um, to swallow. He, if you wanted to trade someone for him straight, straight up, players that are making the same as him. Gary Harris is making twenty million. Holy hell! We think yeah. the Buddy contract but is bad. Also, like. Yeah, I mean, never mind. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, it, it, Eric Gordon, like yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich is making 18. That's not happening. Terry Rozier. It's just, if it, a buddy trade, will, it's probably going to be a couple of contracts that the Kings aren't <clears throat> going to be fantastically, fantastically, mm-hmm. I don't think that's even a word, um, greatly enthused about receiving. Uh, I do think that Buddy Heald, if he gets moved, it could be like a salary dump situation mm-hmm. for a team that's just looking to unload. Um, but he has value. But is I think that like is that what the Kings should look for? Like in trying no. to get rid of him, should they try and so. use him as a salary dump? Should they try and use him as a sweetener on a trade? Should they try and use Buddy as a 
should they try and convince somebody that buddy is is enough of a of a piece because like i mean we we obviously throw out all the time the the buddy and marvin um combination like what what is that really getting anybody besides a lot that's like 35 million dollars in cap space um i i just i don't know uh what it is that buddy healed's return is like i i don't think buddy healed could get you anything that that you feel like would you know significantly improve your team now you're not going to get you're not going to get a a difference maker for buddy healed alone it's going to be a package it would take buddy healed and davion mitchell and a fur it'd take a package of some kind he would be he's a package guy um, which I guess you can kind of say the the same about Rashawn Holmes, who just kind of isn't talked about at all in terms of being traded. Um, uh, so I what is this? Yeah. I don't know if he can be traded. Isn't there like some kind of rule that he can't be traded until March? December fifteenth. Oh, it was, was it was it December fifteenth? Yeah. I thought yeah. for some reason with him it was later, but uh, it can't be March because the deadline's in February. So yeah, I mean he's yeah. someone for sure that could bring you a return. But again, it's. It's the conversation we had earlier. The only players that are going to bring you a a big or O S A, you know, I'm not going to spell a curse word, but an O bleep return, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halberton. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, those are probably the only two players that are in the hat. And, and Davion Mitchell are the only players that probably have value in a trade. Wouldn't you think? Because I don't think you, you can say Alex. Alex I think Lynn if you're going to throw Davion, then then Rashawn should be thrown in there as well. Oh, Rashawn, excuse me, Rashawn. Did I not say Rashawn? Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Uh, Harrison, Buddy, Rashawn, and Davion. I think those are the only players that have actual value outside of Fox and Ty. Whereas the rest are kind of going to be Marvin Bagley. I don't think he has much value still. I don't think no. Alex Lynn has much value. I don't think that Damian Jones has much value Any, now. No. Teams could be interested in these guys. They need a rim protector. They need some athleticism on the front line. Um, Marvin Bagley could be intriguing to a team that's that's rebuilding. I think Houston's a team that that could be interested in in mm-hmm. trading from a, a controllable player that's going to be making. Uh, I believe his his qualifying offer will be six seven million next season. Uh, I. I well, if Marvin plays 41 games as a starter, by the way, which is one thing we need to keep keep an eye on, there's 41 games left in the season. He's started seven. So if he starts 34 more games, he, his qualifying offer goes to, to 14 million. And Chris is shaking his head. And that's the same thing that I was talking it's to not last night. But it's not happening. They'll, if he stays in the Kings, start number 39, he'll be on the bench. Or start 40, he'll be on the, he'll be on the bench. Um, which is messed yeah. up. But... I digress. Uh, that's it, though. I, think I don't think really that's it. happening. Yeah. Do you think anybody else on the team has has value in a trade? Because as we get closer, we're in January. We're a month away. I think we can kind of just say, Darren Fox. I think Tyson Thompson has value as like an expiring contract. I think he's making ten million dollars. Like, I don't necessarily think like the player Tristan Thompson has much value, but I think. Um, you could definitely use his contract as a nice fresh. You know, expiring contract. He's fresh too. He's not playing very much. And mm-hmm. I think a team that is in the playoff race, which again, I think the last segment we can kind of shift to in a second here is, is, is are the standings as my laptop gets to 20%. Um, Tristan Thompson, for sure, a team that needs depth. A team that needs depth and needs help in the middle. Why not? 
Um, I think it's really just for the expiring piece of it. I mean, I, I know that this offseason doesn't have a lot of like really big name free agents. I'm pretty sure Zach Levine is is the only really big name that that's going to be out there. Um, so I just I don't know. I mean, maybe as like, you know, maybe Tristan gets involved is it is a three in, involved in a three teamer where it's like, you know, here's. You know, here's just the Tristan Thompson contract to throw into this. Maybe we can get a late first or, or some, you know, whatever, some low level, you know, high, low Something. risk, high reward kind of guy. Um, Teams will I, want I think him. The, yeah, the Kings have options in terms of if they want to make moves and make. They kind of have all options. I mean, if they want to make just like a move in between the margins, I think getting rid of buddy for players that aren't necessarily as good, but, but, you know, maybe the, the sum or the, the, the group can equal the, the whole, um, I, I, I don't think I, I, it is sad because I do think that the, the, the move that is obvious and should be made is a big move. It's just, um, it, I agree with everybody that I would love to see Tyrese and De'Aaron try and figure it out more, but also I'm, I'm not the more, I I don't, I haven't really seen a lot from those two together to, to make me think that they're going to really, I don't know. It's they're they're, to me, their styles don't really mesh too perfectly. I think um, it's a very, my turn, your turn kind of thing. And I haven't Not really seen together. them. Yeah, like there's there doesn't really seem to be any sort of on the floor chemistry between the two of them. No, I agree. It is it is gonna be it's an interesting dynamic, and I I use the Westbrook Harden thing a lot, and it's over. That's a gr- this that's, point, but I think that's a, a totally fine example because it does it, feel a lot like that. It's rem, it's reminiscent, and they didn't work out. And we just I, need well, Kevin Durant. That's it. I yeah, think that would Kev- probably solve it. We just need Kevin Durant. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um. Or or Kyrie Irving, um, I don't think Kyrie's solving any problems. Well, I'm, we're, think, <laughs> we're thinking of OKC. But I'm thinking of Harden and um, ah, Durant. There you go. There you go. My brain scrambled, but no, uh, maybe Sergi Baca as well for getting the band back together. Um, <laughs> I am Steve C A man. Stephen Adams. I don't know. He kind of fell off too, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's playing all right for for Memphis, but um, well, Memphis I feel is like great. They, Memphis should probably. I mean, Valanciunas is playing out of his mind. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that's. You know, he was playing really well for for the Grizzlies as well. But the, you know what? The Grizzlies don't have a problem. The Grizzlies no. are not a team no. that that uh, that they we should. they did it the right way. They they've yeah. rebuilt their team and just well, Chef's kiss. Just they they have killed it. Man, it Must really makes me so sad thinking of that because. They've just absolutely leapfrogged us in terms of. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times have they leave? This is like their fourth rebuild since the Kings have have been last yeah. in prominence. I mean, they traded Gasol and and let go of Conley. Is that even two seasons? Two? I think this is yeah. Conley's third year in Utah. Yeah, so, and they they really had a tear like a mini tear down too. Like with mm-hmm. the, they you know they shed that core of of Zach Randolph and Rudy Gay and Tony Allen and they. They reinvented themselves after that. They reinvented mm-hmm. themselves since. Now they have John Morant, Dylan Brooks, mm-hmm. Desmond Bain is a really good player. Um, must be nice. I don't want to keep talking about them because I'll become <laughs> sad. <laughs> it makes me sad. Yeah, I think at some point we should try and just like 
not lose, you know, that'd be. Yeah. And it, I'm, I'm not gonna look at this roster anymore. Cause it's make it's, it's upsetting me. So instead yeah. what I'll look at is um, the standings, because as we all know, the standings are uh, giving is making us have to stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Kings are currently the 10th seed or the 11th seed. I think they're currently the 11th seed. They finally um, fell out of the 10th spot. They, yes. they, <laughs> They held on. They were in the 10 spot for a week. And I just was – I'm. St- and look, the 10 spot is nothing to be excited about, which is why I, I, the, the only not. thing we – we don't need to break down the standings. The Kings are – they're going to be in the play-in race the whole season. Mm-hmm. They're a half game back of the 10 spot today. Uh, beneath them is Portland. Damian Lillard is probably not going to play again for the year. And if he does, he's playing very, very injured. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I, I just don't know if they're going to be up there. The Pelicans, I I like to say that they're out, but you never know. Rockets are whatever. Point is, does it even matter, Chris? Does it matter if the Kings finish 10 or 9? Because I I have somewhat, not somewhat, I've completely soured on this now um, because of how bad the team has played and how they're still in the 10 spot. I don't think it means anything. Unless they win the play-in and they make the actual playoffs, it does not matter to me if they get to play one more game at the end of the season. That should not that should not be what the goal is. And I hope no. it's not for Monty McNair in the front office. That should not be the goal to say, hey, we, we get to play one more game and and hang our hats on it and say, well, at least we get to play a meaningful game. Okay, you're you're on pace to win thirty two games. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna play one game and get waxed by the Timberwolves on the road if if that's what it holds. Like what I just don't really see what the mm-hmm. what the what what the goal is. And I hope that this is not it. No, I, I, I definitely hope not, but it definitely seems everything that has gone on this season seems to lead us to believe that that is the case is that they're just really hoping for even the shot of making the playoffs, um, which I've been on record as saying even the eight seed, like that's not something you should strive for. That is something that you should settle for. Um, and if you get it for sure, at least you're there and get an opportunity. But um, with the 10 seed, it feels like, yeah, they're just they they feel like that feeling for the 10 seed where it's like we we're not we're we're aiming for higher. We're aiming for seven, I think, if I had to guess and a realistic guess, they're probably hoping they're probably telling themselves all the time. Hey, we're we're a five game win streak away from being in contention for the seven seed. You know, like you know this sad? thing's not over. But they're not they're not wrong, though. They're not they wrong. Are. No, they're not wrong but, at all. They are. They, they are. This team is too talented or is talented enough to eventually, if they figure it, you know, to, if they can somehow magically wake up one morning and be like, oh, OK, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do to win. They, they have the talent on the roster to, why, to yeah. figure it out. That's why they it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Darren Fox, this is, Terry Salvern, Harrison This is the most frustrating season I can remember. By far, like because, I think because it's the players are good and they're just not winning games. And mm-hmm. granted, we talk about the roster just does not work, and I can accept that. That's fine, but it doesn't mean I can't be upset about the fact that mm-hmm. this is team has good players. Yeah, it it just does. I mean, like that's it's it's got multiple people. I mean, we just our entire starting five, with the exception of of maybe Marvin Bagley, but if you throw. You know, we have five guys that we named that have value to most NBA rosters. I not like every team, not every team can say that. You know, the Spurs don't have. Obviously, the Spurs have a legendary head coach, and that's a big part of why they're even able to float at where they are. 
but you know, th- there's teams that don't even have three guys that, you know, other teams would take. Um, there's not a lot of those teams, but, <laughs> and that's again, like you should, a really good team is going to have seven or eight guys that everybody wants. Um, but this team is good enough to compete where the, you know, in the range that they are, it's just eventually getting there. And, and, you know, it, it can definitely happen. You know, if, if, <laughs> If by the grace of whoever you believe in, Monty McNair makes a move and gets whatever, a player of significance, and, and you know, it does eventually click and that's the piece that was needed, this team can get like an eight seed and actually deserve it. You know, they can play well and earn themselves an eight seed and be like, okay, look at us. Like we, this is something... That is actually a build something a building block, you know, something we can build upon for next season. Something that we can, uh, you know, tell free agents or, or whoever that we're trying to convince to come here. Like this is a project worth banking on. Right now, they're just continually season after season proving why this is basketball hell and like why this place isn't somewhere that you want to to develop your talent. Um. I this I've completely spiraled off of no, off of the standings, but it's it's frustrating because this, like you said, I mean, this team is if they get the ten seed, like they could, in theory, I mean, Minnesota's not world beaters. Minnesota's probably saying the same thing about us, but like oh, for sure. the Kings can beat the Timberwolves. That is not even close to out of the question. Oh, of course. Not. Then they would have to play as it stands right now, the loser of Clippers Denver. Let's assume that's the Clippers. The Kings have beaten the Clippers twice this year. Yeah, three times. Hey, like you know, we we've been dragging. It's not the Kings. out of the question for them to be the eight seed come playoff time and sl- no. slip into the playoffs. Chris, but if so that's much the case, change. is like you said though, is even if that is the case, is that how you want? Like, yeah, it's a great two games. You know, I'm sure fans would obviously go crazy and be like okay, that was kind of fun for us to win that tournament and get into the playoffs. But again, you're then just going to get waxed by the Warriors. And the team, at that point, it's kind of forgotten about the tournament run and whatever. And and if you eked into that 10 seed, it's not like the Grizzlies last year where, you know, as you see this year, they've really taken beating the Warriors last year in the play-in game and then their playoff appearance and, and use that to propel them into the team that they are now the Kings slipping into the 10 spot and then hopefully beating two teams that also aren't very good just to get killed by the Warriors. I just, I don't know. Maybe when we're in that world, I'll feel different. But to me for now on the outside, that just doesn't feel like something that you should strive for. It's not appealing to me at all. Not not at all. Unless they actually, it's the funny thing where like, it's kind of not it's a subjective thing but if unless they earn it like if it feels like this team struggled and then eventually figured something out to actually you know you know whatever if they are 10 8 games above 500 the rest of the year after i'm i'm and it's sad because the only way i can envision this happening is if they actually make a move um, so let's say they make a move and it actually changes the team. That would make me feel better going into next season, feeling like there's something to build on. But if this team stays the same, stays as is, and 
limps into the playoffs, I'm just not going to feel that way. I don't know. No, I don't know if any of that made sense, but it made sense to me. <laughs> no, I'm a. It's not appealing to me to make the 10 spot at all. I'm not interested in that in any any way, shape, or form. If the Kings finish 10th, I'll be disappointed. I don't care if there's a playing game or not. I'll talk myself into being excited about it, but finishing 10th and winning 32, 33 games is is not going to do it for me. And there's still 40 games left, 41 games left to go this season. Uh, they're four games out of the seventh spot. I want the seventh spot. And I I don't care if it sounds unrealistic or if it sounds crazy to say that for a team that hasn't finished above 10th or 9th in 16 years in the standings. But I I'm at a point where I I'm demanding effort and I'd like effort and mm-hmm. I'm going to hope that the effort is there and that the team does make moves that you need to make to upgrade the roster and that the players that have been playing tap into whatever potentials that they, I know that they have because of the names that, that we have on the roster and the talent we have on the roster and put together a, a decent stretch because it's right there that this isn't, the, a case where the Kings are, are eight games out with 16 games to go. They're literally a half game out of a, a chance to play at the end of the season in a, in a winner go home game, but that shouldn't be where we draw the line. I, mm-hmm. I, I do think that we should aim higher and the Clippers, Paul George is going to be in, is injured. The, the Nuggets have dealt with a lot of injuries and they just haven't been the Denver Nuggets. We know um, Minnesota is beatable. Like you said, the Spurs are kind of like another version of the Kings and then below us, uh, a bunch of question marks. And the Kings are one of those question marks too, or or maybe a definitive disaster <laughs> yeah. if we're being if we're being unbiased. But um, no, I, I think the Kings should aim higher than ten. And the time is now. Um, yeah. I have. I was going to say, speaking of time, few, what's your battery looking like? I have a few minutes left. I think. I think okay. we have enough time. Yeah, ten percent. I think we have time for. Do you want to do award? I mean, the awards just don't seem fun when the team is. Let's bad. do uh this. This might not be as fun, but do you remember that game that I suggest that we start playing yeah. with the uh, team logos? Let's do that yes. instead. Okay. So uh, I had this grand idea. People might not like it, but I think it might actually be pretty cool or funny at least is uh, we're going to go through the Kings next three games and we're going to try and guess the Jersey sponsor for the team uh, for the teams that we're playing coming up because uh I make a lot of graphics and stuff and I just started to notice like the random like the Lakers have like Billy Bo as their rock like as their thing and like who the hell would ever guess that so the Kings next uh, three opponents are the Nuggets Blazers and Cavs those I, might be the three most obs- I really have no I have no idea any of those guys. I, if I had to guess I, I think the Cavs at one point had Goodyear just because I remember like the little foot thing being on their logo um i really don't remember like if i had to guess the cat or the uh the blazers uh denver i I can see denver's logo but for some reason i just want to say pepsi i just want to say pepsi but i know it's not are you do you have them do you have the jerseys the don't have them in front of me but i can get them real quick let's just go real quick denver i'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess it's some kind wow. of insurance. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's some kind of insurance company. It is uh, Western Union, which I assume is a bank. Damn it! I was close. Uh, Portland Trailblazers. Um, don't they have? I, 
I would guess Moda, but that's just because that I know that's what their arena used to be. Ah, Right okay. Guard. This is actually a company I've heard of. Is it Right Guard? <laughs> like, like the deodorant? I just think it's like they're they're they're. I don't know. I have no idea why I thought that. It's I was trying to think of right like yeah places for Morgan. Uh, Biofreeze, which is like the oh, uh, you know cool. the uh, cryogenics chamber, I believe. You know where you can make your now, muscles all I think freezing. I think I know Cleveland's unless it changed is it yeah Goodyear? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Goodyear for the Cavs but let's see it was here. Goodyear uh, uh we'll go Ricky Rubio and let's look at his player picture it is still Goodyear that must be like Shout a four three yeah deal yeah that's been there for I think that's probably there. the best one of all of the on jersey logos too you know like the, I really like the Disney, like, the Disney? No, I don't like the patch. I feel like they could have done like they should have put like a mouse logo or something like that on there because I really like how the Goodyear is like their alternate side logo where it's just like the golden foot with the wing. Looks I do cool. like it. it. It is cool. It's not on too the, obstructive, you know, on the jerseys, too. I think that um, who else is a good jersey? I don't know. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We want to keep. Yeah. <laughs> do you like the Kings jersey logo? boy oh boy frank i'm trying to even think who it is is it oh, do you not know, yeah do you not, do you not know our own jersey pad. sponsor yeah i like the i like the i like it's okay i like the uh it's the fine. blue diamond one i like the blue diamond one it was kind of cool the the diamond the diamond logo yeah um yeah I, I didn't mind that um it's again like i'm just big on it not being too intrusive on the logo like it kind of has to mesh a little bit with the logo the blue diamond didn't look terrible when they had it as the all white i'm looking at some of them and they did have like the official blue colored blue diamond logo on one of them and that doesn't look great but i think the dial pad looks fine um I like that it's, you know, they use the purple lettering for, for the Kings and stuff. So, like, yeah, it fits pretty well. And it's yeah, I like it. not, you know, it's not this big old thing on their on their chest. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel um, about this segment. I thought the segment was going to go better. <laughs> no, I, I've, I'm i enjoying guessing. I, I like the, <laughs> I, I like to guess. I don't want to – next week we'll do it differently. Or not differently I really, like no, I, I really just thought I would know more. I thought I would have, like, better – better clue of what they would have been if i'm also looking just to mix our games here i'm looking at the basketball reference pictures and they're pretty decent i'm seeing one francisco garcia on here i got like five percent so let's 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 get off his birthday real quick yep adam morrison i see him on here he is rings though (sighs) he has two rings the lakers did he get him with the the Lakers? lakers Yeah. Nice. He got the but, the Kobe Powell rings. You got the Kobe Powell ring. But did you get? A, do you have a thought on Francisco? Not really. Um, I wasn't really like that. Was obviously some of the worst years of Kings basketball, and uh, at that point, really I was. think I might have been like early high school, late you know, late elementary school. So I wasn't as like dedicated to watching every day in those Bano, you know, Francisco Dante Green years, but. Um, definitely remember Francisco not being like completely terrible, but he, what a I weird, also remember was, thinking like this guy would probably be like the eighth or ninth guy on like an actual basketball team. He was like fringe. What a weird player he was because he was on the last mm-hmm. playoff team. Then he was on just the worst teams, like the, the worst teams ever. 
from 2006 to two, or 2008 to 2010. Yeah. Like those three years were awful. Um, he stayed in Sacramento for eight seasons. Like, yeah, that's he, crazy. He's played. He played almost 500 games for the Kings. Mm-hmm. That's got to be up there on the on the on the ranks. But um, mm-hmm. I hate to. I do have less than five percent. But do you have any closing thoughts? Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I really hope we make. I really hope that's my last thought. Is I think I might die in a moment. I think. Um. I think I'm, I've been ready for a trade to be made, but like, I, 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 something just has to be like. Please, like, let's just do something because I cannot watch ten more games of these guys just not figure it out. Um. Gotta break the cycle. That's exactly, that's a perfect way of putting it because it is just an endless cycle of like mediocrity, not even below mediocrity. Like they're not, they're, they're, they're putting on a masterclass of just how to not figure it out. Like it it is really amazing that they, because the funny thing is too, this, this group of guys has played together for a good amount of time. This is their third season with Fox and, and Barnes and healed and uh, Rashawn, I think as well, like these guys have played together. They should know each other's tendencies, know, you know, what everyone's good at, how to, you know, cover for each other's weaknesses and, and highlight each other's strengths. And there's just none of that. There's nope. no cohesion of the roster from head to toe. And, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like a I don't team. Know. It feels like who's going to have a big night. Who's going to have a big night yep. tonight? Is kind of where we're at tonight. Buddy has a big night one night. Harrison has been kind of quiet, but he's capable of having a big night. De'Aaron's been having the big nights lately. Um, Damian Jones had his moment. It's just we they they need to play as a team together. Thank mm-hmm. Utah's model. Every night, those guys do what they do best. Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ing- Jingles uh, down the line, Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gobert, everyone does their job and they do it well. And the Kings need to kind of find that, that, that combination. So let's hope they can find that. Become the Utah jazz. That's that's super easy to become the Utah jazz. Yeah. Just do it overnight. Be the jazz and be the Grizzlies. That's what, that's all we ask. Easy. Um, and if you can try and be the warriors, but you know, I don't want to ask too much. That's attainable. Yeah. Um, for myself, for Frankie Cardicelli, for Frankie's dying computer, this has been right, Return yeah. of the Roar podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will be back uh, probably next Tuesday. Tuesday. So be on the lookout for a Lock podcast then. Lock it in. Uh, and hopefully there's a trade by then. Bye. Bye.